Yes lads, what is going on and welcome to the season 2 episode 18 of the Little Running Irishman podcast. Back with the guests you guys, um, we have Sean Tobin aka the Irish Hammer and um, what he goes by over on Instagram on the podcast today. 1500 meter um, silver medalist in the All Ireland Championships this year and also All Ireland Champion over the 10k. A 7.45 3k and um, he, he has a 7.45 3k and also a um, do- as of this year a Diamond League pacer. So it is and it was a privilege to have um, Sean on the podcast and I hope you guys really do enjoy this episode because it was a really, really interesting one. Um, I do appreciate Sean coming on and obviously we've been going through a bit of a dry patch lately when it comes to the guests, um, but we're hopefully coming out of that now. Um, you know, it's been quite quiet times, everything that's been going on in the world and people are kind of just doing their own thing, not too much has been going on, not too many... And not many people doing anything really spectacular at the moment because, um, you know, obviously Sean has done a, a lot of amazing things lately. But in general, people have been pretty quiet with, with everything that's been going on in the world lately. So, yeah, during these uncertain times, it is pretty difficult to get guests on. But I'm really happy to be back with this banger with Sean um, Tobin on the podcast. Two quick things before we get into this episode. As you can see, if you're watching, I am wearing a Go Be More hat. Um, you can see it here on my head. I am really, really happy about this. Um, John Rankin, who I had on the podcast, sent me out this. John from Go Be More. And obviously, Brennan um, Foodie, who uh, also helps out in the business as well, sent me out this hat. And also, if I can get it here, this tank top their tank top singlet kind of thing and um, that has go be more on on the on the side of it and um, no thanks john and brennan and everyone at go be more for sending me out the hat and obviously the tank top um, and I, I really do appreciate it um a lot 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 to come um, more with me john brennan and go be more john will be on the podcast very very soon head over to my instagram or uh just look up Go be more Instagram, John Rankin, uh, or John Rankin to to find out more about Go be more uh, and the website obviously, or go to www.gobemore.com and you'll be able to to buy their amazing, amazing run apparel. Let me just get this up for you again. It is pretty cool. Um, just have that there okay in in frame. Sorry for anyone that that's listening to the podcast. You won't really be able to see this and. Obviously, the hat, I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Go Be More, for sending me this out. And I've officially become the Ute Irish ambassador for Go Be More now that I'm going to be modelling all this stuff on the, the podcast. And um, obviously, here I'm modelling it now. And over on my Instagram, so head over to the Little Running Irishman, that official Instagram to find out more about that. Um, a quick thing about the this episode my camera at the start it's kind of flickering and then it just shuts off completely i'm kind of having not trouble with the webcam i don't actually know what's been happening with it and it is definitely the webcam because when i tried plug the webcam into my laptop when i didn't have the computer it was doing the same thing where the recording would just stop because the webcam would kind of disconnect so i'm not too sure what's happened there it's kind of it's happening on the computer as well and um yeah, so I'll try to get everything sorted out there. That's why my webcam was done in this episode. Obviously, if you're listening to it, it doesn't make any difference. And everyone wanted to just be seeing seeing Sean and hearing what he had to say. And, but yeah, 
thanks very much Sean for coming on uh, for this pretty pretty amazing episode on the podcast and getting me out of a pretty dry patch you could say and obviously once again thanks to to Gobi Moore for sending me out this hat and this um this tank top hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast don't forget to subscribe turn the notification bell on like or if you listen to the podcast head over to the little running Irishman official instagram and give me a follow over there hope you all guys enjoy Alright, so I'm joined here with Sean Tobin, aka the Irish Hammer, over on the Instagram. Before we jump in, Sean, can you just give us a bit of a, a bit of a background on the name? The, the is it the Iron Hammer or the Irish Hammer over on Instagram? The Irish Hammer, yeah. So, so pretty much the nickname just came from while I was in college. Um, it was kind of just something. Obviously, I was known for just kind of getting out hard in races and and always kind of just hammering and. And kind of never really giving up. So yeah. at points, just like kicking away in races. So kind of just picked up from there. And the guys were joking about setting it as my Instagram um, name. And I, I did. And it just has kind of stuck. And it's kind of kept that meaning throughout now. And it just catches on. So um, it's it stuck now, really. So yeah, yeah, that's no, that's um, that that's fair enough. Anyway, when I looked at it, I, I wasn't too sure, but now it's it's good to get a bit of a bit of clarity now. And Sean, I don't want to give a bit too much of a background on you because I don't feel like I'll do it justice enough. So if you want to give maybe a brief background about yourself and how you got into running, and yeah, just a bit of a background about yourself. Yeah, so I'm from Clamell, um, kind of been, um, like most Irish kids, just always involved and. In, in every kind of sport um what well, i kind of started i got into running when i was pretty young it was nine years of age when i started it was through like trials at our primary school to make the team for a local cross-country meet and um so pretty much done those trials it was like second in the trial then one of the guys asked me to join the club and i kind of just took off from there and um was pretty much in the sport then for years you know you always think i was always kind of more there for cross country not so much for the track so it was like just always there for the team and um enjoying that as i went and it wasn't really until i was about 16 that i kind of started taking things a little bit more serious and and then it kind of just took off from there you know i got my taste of of kind of international competition and and getting away you know when i when i was younger we never really went away abroad for family holidays and stuff and kind of stayed in Ireland. So um, once I kind of get got that taste of going going abroad and that running could kind of give me a chance to get away, it kind of just got me really um, invested in it and, and wanted to improve and keep making teams. So And then from there, it's kind of just led me to here. Yeah, no, that's um, that's fair enough. A lot of people have different things for you know wanting to make an Irish team or um get to a professional stage. Personally, obviously, um, representing your country at any level is a, a great achievement. But the gear is what really drives me to maybe getting the Irish vest. I think it's just it's just really nice, and I think it's just really cool to have. And no, that's a that's really cool that you were. So you said you were motivated by getting the chance to to go abroad and um, represent your country in all different countries. Yeah, so that was always big motivation. It was it was the idea, like especially through the winter, you're always kind of working hard, knowing that like okay, I can make a team and get a trip away. And yeah. I got my first experience on um, the Olympic Council. Took a, a good group of us out to Romania on a training camp in 2011. 
which would have been, I would have been in third year in school, so yeah. about 15. Um, and that was my first experience of kind of being away and I thought that was brilliant that we could go away and you're, it's easier to meet people as well. You're, meet, you're, going, you're traveling with people who have similar mindsets and, um, and when we went with the Olympic Council, we had obviously, we were kind of in Romania in, in their training camp that they had built for the Sydney Olympics. So it was kind of cool, we're out in the middle of nowhere and, but I, I, it was just that feeling of, of going, wow, like, oh, they're taking us away and we don't have to yeah. pay. For um, and then later then when I got into into transition year, that's when kind of the idea of, of going to America came up for university. And um, that was another one that really just sparked me and, and, and motivated me to, to make it out there and be successful out there. Yeah, and did you end up, uh, did you end up going over to America in the end? And what was that experience like? Yeah, so I went to University of Mississippi, also known as Ole Miss. Yeah. So I was out there. Um, I absolutely loved it. Um, just brilliant place. Uh, had fantastic team, good coach, uh, great facilities, and and just the the Mississippi weather as well. Everything about it, the Southern culture, I loved it all. Um, obviously, it had its up and downs while I was yeah. there. That comes with everything, but. It was a huge kind of learning process for me and I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it, enjoyed it. just loved everything about it. And, and you often, now that I'm finished with it, you're often kind of going, I wish I could go back and restart it all yeah. again. Oh, what I know now. Um, but it, for any athlete, I would highly recommend it if, if they get the opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And would you? Could you? Can you see the the standards different from over there than you than you can over here? Maybe a little bit better over there, a bit better over here. Could you say that helped you to get to where you are today from an Irish point of view? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think the best thing about the university system in the states it just keeps athletes in the sport for another four years. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's like a business deal. Um, that's pretty much the way my coach from home put it before I went out. It's like. They're paying for my school. They're paying for everything. So it's it's my job to go out there and deliver and, um, and and work hard. So that's the way we looked at it. And I think even for even my sister, my sister also went out to the states as well. And and she's not someone she's not someone who wanted to be a professional athlete. Um, but like for her, it was another opportunity to stay in the sport for four years and um, and keep training and studying and and getting the most out of it. So. I think everyone can go out with, with um, different different ways of trying to make the most of it um, and different, I like now my sister's working in the States so, and, and myself, I use it to kind of just continue on my running career. So um, there's just plenty of paths people can go down and, and learn from. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, from an athletics point of view, it is, what I know is, it is huge out there and um, it definitely a lot bigger than it is here. So I'd say it was really a good a good learning curve and experience running-wise to, to be able to get that opportunity. And just track back in a little bit before we get into the big, more recent stuff. When you said you started running at a very young age, were you always, you know, did you always have that age in races or did you maybe have a bit of a few joy patches you could say over the course of your career up to the age of about 16 when you start taking it really serious or were you always you know up the top leading races leading training yeah no I was always there um, in competition like roughly 
you know, within the All Irelands, like it, it at a young age, I think it's always a huge achievement to make the top twelve um, at an All Irelands, and and that was always kind of the goal, get into those medals, and um, I was always there, kind of making the top twelve, and um, just just about there, and I think, and then had like even just I think under fourteen, under fifteen weren't great years for me. And I think it was kind of after that it started kicking on a little bit. But I think what really kept me in it all the time was that I had a team from Plumel and the idea of just going away in the weekends on a bus and going to competition and traveling and, and with that group. And we were always trying to be the best, you know, team. That And I think once any time you did win something as a team, it was fantastic and you loved it. And I, I tried everything, you know. I, I think that's every kid should do it yeah. when you're age. Just like we go to a county championships and, and you'd com- compete nearly in every single event and you'd just come away with it, enjoying it. So I think that was really there. And then, like, the, you just enjoy everything about it. It was a way to see the country as well when you were like places the sport takes you that you wouldn't really ever think of going. Um, so just everything about it I enjoyed um, going through. But there's points then, obviously, I was playing a bit of GA and, and soccer and, and, you know, they t- took a bit of time, but it always kind of came back to to athletics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with sport with athletics, and I always say this, and loads of people always say, you have to be really, really consistent if you want to get to level your or maybe level even higher and obviously... I know as well from experience picking between Gaelic football and running for me personally wasn't too much of a decision because I actually joined running pretty late at like 12 when I was in first year but I came I came to love it but was that decision for you kind of tough to you know dedicate everything to running or was it did you fall in love it and was it an easy decision yeah I think like I was still playing in GA up till I think I was about 14 15 and it was kind of around oh I, I was it was at the youth championships um to make the european youth i remember kind of sitting down with my coach and and uh he was just like okay if you really want to make this you got to work hard and, and put more focus into it um and i kind of did and and that's where i kind of went and i kind of just started losing a bit of interest in in um the GA and and kind of got more into the running and as well obviously you're starting to increase your training so you're a bit more tired and and um, like pretty much you're you're running most days and um, you don't really have the time then for for the GA so once I got more focused into it I just really enjoyed it and just sucked into it more and more. Uh, yeah, definitely, and it, it definitely got you to, as of right now, a pretty good patch in your career, you could say, obviously with everything that's going on, it's it, it's kind of unpredictable when your next race would be, but from most recent races, obviously, um, I have written down here the 5 tails and then the 10 tails of me are um, or championships and I just really quickly wanted to jump into the five thousand meters. Obviously it came to a diving finish you could say with you against Paul. So could you just give us maybe a bit of a breakdown of that race? Yeah, so the fifteen hundred it was actually so the fifteen hundred with Paul was obviously we were going into that with with Coscrin in mind and obviously we knew Coscrin was gonna be the dangerous one. Originally I I decided to to do the 1500 just because 
the schedule you know, like our main focus was to run the 10k yeah. and then after the 10k i'll decide if i want to do 1500 or not um as so uh, preferably i would have done the five and ten but the original schedule didn't work out like that so we put our entries in for the, the 15 and the 10 and um and then eventually they changed the schedule which still worked out for the better that the 15 was on one weekend and the 10 was on on the other but yeah the main reason just kind of went into the 15 um once I, I was starting that pretty much fresh so that was the first one to go at and I knew kind of going into it Paul I didn't really know where Paul was fitness wise because like I kind of knew he was training well but I hadn't seen him race and um obviously we were out in John in January to March we were out in Australia training together um and Paul was just come back from injury so he was uh, kind of seeing what it was like to train with him there but obviously we knew Paul and I knew Coscrum was the one to watch so I kind of broke it down every single way I could of how to try beat these guys um, and event, like, and it didn't really I hadn't decided on anything until even about kind of mi- a minute or so before the race so it's like because the conditions were tough it was windy so I kind of had to break it down and just go do I go for it or not and eventually just came to the decision to just to go for it yeah and even still like I got into it and even the first 200 meters I was like oh no what am I doing what have I done like I hit the wind and it was it was really strong I was like oh I've, I've messed this up already but I, I, I made the decision so I was like I have to stay with it and even at that then I got into about 700 meters into the race and I was kind of like geez I can't believe the lads are just giving this to me and um and then it really wasn't until like 350 meters to go I could hear Paul's footsteps just coming after me you know it was so quiet in the stadium it's just like you, it would you would never really get that experience of yeah. just hearing that's coming and the silence so it's like even for me it, I, I kind of made that mistake then to try push harder when I probably should have relaxed and let him come back to me and try save something to kick on again yeah. but pushing and pushing and and then with a feel when he came up into me and I was like just kept trying to push the pace and even with 80 meters to go then I was like I knew it was going to be a battle from there and I was like Paul came by me and I was like oh no he's got me yeah. and eventually I could just feel his legs starting to go from underneath him and then I was pushing back on him and coming up to him and then my legs I could feel like just were going beneath me as well and you could both tell we were just loaded with lactic and just tying up so I pretty much got the whole way to the line together shoulder to shoulder and like for a split second as well I had in my mind to dive and I didn't so um and then Paul did and eventually got <laughs> the so um but it was fantastic race and I think it's like Paul said it afterwards is it's really like it didn't matter really who won at the end of the day we we kind of create something fantastic for the sport and got a lot of traction and it was just the beauty of racing you know that's what, what yeah. we did train for and got that I've never had a race like that where I've come across the line and just sat there and go I've no idea who won you know yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I was kind of asking that um, oh who won who won and I was like Paul was like it doesn't matter man that was brilliant and um, I think he was right, you know, after it was just like, when you look back at it, it's just exciting. Um, so I loved it, yeah. 
yeah now and even a second in an all Ireland from the mar even a second even like the margins that you came second by a second from placing second even with a five second margin is, is still a, a great achievement but you definitely did make you made a, sh a really good performance out of it and a very entertaining performance out of it, you could say and uh, were you expecting Paul there to, to dive at the end I know you said there that you were um you were thinking about it but did you think Paul maybe had that in his locker or was gonna pull something like that out the bag or no, I had no idea. Like you, you just—it was just spur of the moment. I'm sure as well. Like it—it's—it's it's crazy how fast your mind is thinking. Where, like in the, even that last 50 meters, like it's nearly like everything is just slow mo, and your mind is thinking extremely fast and trying to make decisions in 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 a split second. Um, so obviously, like like I said, I thought of it as well, and I didn't take the action and. And Paul clearly thought of it as well, and he did take the action. Yes. So um, he was rewarded for it because I think for a split second as well, I thought jump, and then I was like, oh, the tr like just thought the track would would scrape me up. Yeah, you know, yeah. Which it did for Paul. Like Paul was was pretty torn up for a few days after the race and had to take it easy. Obviously, I kind of still had in mind that I had a 10k to race as oh, well. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it was just, it, you just don't, you can't, it's very hard to, to think of something like, like Paul said, if we had tried to plan that going into that race and said, oh, this is, we're going to try and make this a great race and dramatic. And I don't think you could even plan it. It just. No. Yeah, definitely. And, um, no, it was, it was definitely a great performance and, you know, getting, getting that second, obviously. It is an amazing achievement, but would you say it was maybe a little bit bittersweet? Obviously, you said the lads kind of gave you the first, what, 1,100 metres, and then coming into the final lap, you you heard Paul coming up behind you, but still, do you think maybe it's a little bit bittersweet, kind of, and the fine margins that there was at the end of the race, or do you think maybe that allowed you then to, or maybe encouraged you to go out and win the 10K? So what were your thoughts after finishing second? Yeah, I think obviously when they called Paul's name and just said he won it or his number, that was initially that was a little disappointing. But after that, I, I kind of got over it. So yeah. it's like simple, like, okay, it's great. Like, it was great to see Paul back. You know, I know he's been through for years with injury. And, and I think, like, every, I think it makes for a greater story. And it's, it's more important, I think, that he won it for people to learn like to stay in the sport you know um and like for me it was coming into form and and it was like i don't think it would have made it much much a better story if yeah. i had won it but, but the main thing i was just disappointed was i wanted like bring it home bring the title home to clamel you know we've only had one national title before and that was my one in the 1500 two years previous or three years previous yeah so, nice to bring another one back and that's what kind of made kept me going for for the the 10k um i wanted to at least bring the title home so and you could definitely say man moving on more into the 10k you could definitely say it was maybe it was probably a harder race physically but intensity wise for people watching in the stadium and watching at home it wasn't to the same caliber could you say so do you want to talk maybe through that race a little bit yeah, I think it, it was it was going to be hard to replicate anything like that. 50 yeah, definitely. Afterwards, so and the 10k for me was just I was little, like 
was getting so many messages and and so much from the race blowing up. I was kind of it was just mentally a bit draining. Um, yeah. Your emotions are all over the place after it, and you kind of have that for a couple of days, and that can be draining as well. So um, when I went into the 10k, it was just more of like, okay, let's get in here and get the job done. Um, so we kind of went in with a plan just to to wait till to two k to go or five laps to go, uh, and then just push on the pace and try wind it down. Um, so it's a lot. It was my first take 10k in the track as well, so. Um, it was it was kind of just well, I didn't really know what to expect and yes. I ran 10k cross country and a 10k once on the road so I think they're a little easier in terms of obviously it's you, you've got a bigger loop or or it's just easy mentally compared to 25 laps on the track and a little easier on the body um, so it was kind of just trying to keep as comfortable as possible for as long as I could so I could kind of be strong over that last 2k yeah now it was um it, i'd say it was definitely a nice feeling winning that after the week before being being pretty hectic and obviously you said there it was mentally draining um with all the well the reaction basically you got from the 1500 and um, the week before or even a day or two after would you say obviously you came away with the win in the 10k but could you say that maybe impacted in your performance a bit and we'll obviously talk about other things that could have impacted both performances but could you say that in particular um for an example impacted your performance or you kind of blocked it out and just focused on the race yeah i think so good like i think it's i don't know if i'll get a, a 1500 ever like that again yeah. so um and that kind of reaction from a race so um, yeah, it's hard to tell, you know, I think um, it was a big effort as well, you know, to go out and try to do it solo as well and we've done it kind of the hard way. So that takes away from the body as well and my body was a little beat up, like going into the 10k, I just was having a bit of a glute issue all week. So, um, and then in the race, I could just feel it as I was going to the race that it was just, it was so tight, it was kind of catching. I think it was catching a nerve and just down my foot I could feel my foot just kind of started getting pins and needles as I went through the race and eventually yeah. my left foot just all went I, I couldn't feel my foot anymore so it just went numb and then next thing my left leg went numb so that was kind of stressing as well in that 10k I'd never experienced anything like that so um I was so your mind is kind of all over the place as well yeah. but obviously the whole time I had that um Kind of plan in my head and uh you still kind of got to get out there and win it so yeah no definitely and on on the top basically of things that impacted the race obviously with everything that was going on at the in the world at the moment and obviously right now was training any different was did anything have to be changed up that um maybe could have impacted the race in a positive or negative way or did nothing really change and um the outcomes would have been the same well, I like I had planned to race Hamburg Marathon back in April. So, um, from a training perspective, I, I I went through my first kind of marathon training block and got got that experience. So, um, it was interesting going back down onto the track after that. And it, it's just like really you couldn't plan much with races. It was just like if there was a race, you know, you went out and got it and raced. Yeah. So it's not like we were all fully set you know on, on going in and and being fully prepared for for these races so um but i think our training philosophy 
and it just kind of has you ready to kind of race any distance. Yeah. So I don't think much change for me. It's just, and I was kind of looking forward to a 10K because coming off the marathon stuff as well as probably pretty strong. So uh, I kind of looked forward to that. The 15 was, um, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect in the 15. We we hadn't done a huge amount of track work, but just a little bit. So, um, so yeah, not. But in general, yeah, not a whole lot changed. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's fair enough. And I feel like a lot of people were you were in your situation. I know I was to a certain extent as well when it comes to you know trying to get races wherever you can because. All of that, you don't want all that pretty much summer training to be going to going to waste. So you want to race and see where your fitness is at, um, any chance you get. And you said that played into a factor of your um, pacing in the 3K in the Diamond League. Yeah, that that was um, obviously that was the first experience of kind of a major pacing um, role. So uh, I think at that point. Um, Nick Bedos got got me um, the pacing gig, so he was just pretty much like, "Oh, it'd be good for some exposure uh, after nationals." And um, obviously, he took took the risk of putting me in, and and um, I wanted to get a job done. So um, I think a lot of people were kind of questioning would I be able to further not. And but I, like before the race, I was, I was honestly probably more nervous for that pacing job than any race I've run. I was just. I was I was breaking it going in and <laughs> so it's like I did like obviously I knew it was just knowing that like it's not like just going in or racing and and that like oh okay anything can happen like you have a job to do and you have to do it the the right way in terms of just being even as possible and and even just getting to there and I was more worried about oh I didn't want to just be tying up or, or stressing in the race and making it uncomfortable for for the other guys so um so once that opportunity came up um i just took it you know it yeah. was the diamond league as well so just get in and get that experience of being in a diamond league and the feel of it and um uh, i just it, it was great you know obviously after the race it was brilliant that i'd done my job and and then i got to stand there and watch a fantastic race between the three guys at the front you know watching three guys under 730 is 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 something you don't see every day so no, no, definitely. And um, as you said there, it's not a case where if you, if you don't really perform well, you know, you can you can go, you know, go back to training and work on the basics and come back again. It's and obviously you've done an amazing job. You, you you led to many many national records and but just yeah, that's probably the main reason. Would you say what led to most of the years before the? Well, obviously it was your first pacing job, as you said, but the fact that. A, a lot of the athletes in that race were relying on you played into uh, a huge factor into the nerves before the race yeah I think that like you just sit yeah you, you, you've just got a lot playing through your head and you know yeah. I've had, as well the idea kind of knowing that people were kind of ask, asking oh could do you think you can do it um, you know because basically like I've, my, my PB for the mile is it's 3.57 and then you have to go out and run a four flat mile um, pretty much what we'd done for a race earlier in the year but obviously when I went out the conditions were great it was a bit hot now it was like 28 degrees but um, I didn't mind that you know I, I spent a lot of time in the heat in Mississippi so um, kind of prepared for that and just I enjoyed the heat as well but um, yeah it was just it was nerve-wracking like I was saying so and and it's 
everything about it is just a whole experience and you don't get that feeling like it's not like racing so um and again i wanted to be able to come back and and get another opportunity like that you know i was hoping that okay i can get a few pacing jobs and eventually one day that there'll be a chance that there's an open lane or, or just a free spot in the race and i can get into it so yeah no definitely you, you, you did do a pretty amazing uh, job in that race it came down to quite a, a tight finish between Jakob and Jacob there and um, what was it like being surrounded obviously you're a, a top athlete yourself but you know on a such a big world's world stage what was it like being surrounded by athletes like, like of that caliber yeah it's it's great you know it's it's kind of what you where you want to be and it's nice to see it, you know to be part of it and kind of just watch other guys and and how they how they just kind of hold themselves together and and what they do you know throughout the the day and um and like i've spent a good bit of time with the melbourne track club guys as well so i've seen what it's like i know how kind of guys like stuart mcswain operates as well so um it was exciting to go in and see that and you just even get a guy like jacob ingerbritson you can tell just by being around him the confidence in himself and you know they're he's just just you could tell going into that he's you know he's very relaxed um he's confident he's no worries you know obviously he's probably nervous inside but he doesn't really show that um and it's just nice to be in part of that environment and go you know everyone dreams kind of being there and that's where you want to be so it's kind of what you work for um so just kind of seeing these guys operate and and just even seeing how relaxing they are and those in that environment is, is great to see yeah, now it is, and uh, once again, you you did do a pretty amazing job, and it ended up being a, a really close and a pretty amazing finish at the end of that race. So that was that was always good to see. And you were talking about in that race with um, you know, a few lads, three lads actually going under um seven minutes thirty seconds, but. Recently, you set a new 3K PB for yourself of 7 minutes, 45 seconds and 46 seconds. So, um, how would it feel setting, what, I'm pretty sure it was an 11 second PB? Yeah, so, I, yeah, it was, it was great. You know, I think it was a long time coming. You know, I've been training really well um, the last year or so and, and like things were, were just... Uh, there were so many just races that the results weren't there the times weren't coming and I was just like what is happening you know and, and eventually um, it was just it came you know it was just I thought it'd never really come and um, in terms of just getting the times down um, and especially when I was out training in Australia you know and guys like Nick Bedeau kind of just been like like what is happening like you're training like 1310 guy and uh, like what's going on you know and then I was going out and racing and and the kind of wasn't there so it, like finally things just kind of clicked and I yeah. think it racing job in Rome kind of added a lot of confidence and um, it's, it's one thing Nick kind of said to me after the race was like okay now you can see you're believing in yourself and and even that race like I was a lot more confident going in and believing that um, I could do it um, and I think knowing that I just yeah, kind of more opportunities are opening up I think that's the most difficult thing with being in Ireland that obviously we don't really get the, the really high standard races and the opportunity to run fast you know you can turn up in Ireland and have a great field ready to go but 
suddenly could the weather could be awful. So um, so luckily in Barcelona we turned up. It was a great field. It was a lot of young guys, a lot of European under twenty three medalists, um, up and coming guys. So um, it, it was just a, it, it was nice to be able to just get out there and race and and get in the mix. And yeah. then they, like even throughout the race, I was kind of. I was probably still a little cautious, you know. I, I, I was, I'd never been run at that pace before, so I was kind yeah. of just about uh, blowing up really at the end. But it kind of never came, and even with 300 meters to go, I was like, oh, I probably should have kicked on. But I kind of waited till 100 to go. But, um, but at the end of the day, it, it, it's given me huge confidence now that I can like go, keep going on, and especially for the 5k now, it's. It's a want to be able to, to step up and take a huge chunk off my PB. Yeah, no, definitely is. Um, it is a pretty amazing PB. And you're talking about there, you know, Ireland not really being a lot of top athletes in Ireland not being able to get the the biggest opportunities. But that time, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, would have gotten you a place in that in the 3K that you placed. So you know that must be a pretty big confidence boost as well to know that yeah maybe you're not getting the opportunities right now, but you you are at that level where in the future it's a major possibility. Yeah, definitely. I think that's just that run itself is going to open up. Uh, more opportunities for me. I'll get me into more races. Um, so I'm kind of I'm looking forward to that going on to next year. As hopefully, if we have more races kind of opening up, and and even in the 1500 as well, you know, I think there's a lot more room for improvement there and the 5k. But um, and then obviously you have the decision as well with with the marathon as well. I'd, I'd, ideally, I'd prefer to race a marathon right now, but. Um, yeah, it's just nice. Things are finally clicking and things are happening. So um, it's like it kind of gives me that bit more motivation now to just kind of kick on next year and, and kind of get back to work over the winter and, and kind of soak it up knowing that I can get more opportunities and good things will happen. Yeah, and you mentioned the marathon there. Would you say you're in pretty good marathon shape at the moment? And what time maybe would you be able to clock? Yeah, not at the moment. Um, you know, I've I've been kind of racing a lot the last few months, and and the the mileage has been pretty low. So, um, so right now I'm just going to take a week break, and then we're going to rebuild. So, um, really to be ready for a marathon, you know, you kind of want a, a twelve to kind of fifteen week block of, yeah. of a proper marathon work. So I was ready to go in for the marathon and in Hamburg in April but not at the moment you know I, I haven't put the work behind me the last last two months or so so yeah no so hopefully we'll be seeing you out on the roads and um, very soon getting sent some really really high standard and um, PBs just before I let you go and um, just two quick things so at the moment obviously still with everything going on are you, are you looking to maybe do a few cross-country races and has training changed for you um, at the moment with basically with everything going on at the moment or is everything pretty much the same as it would be in a normal cross-country season? Yeah, no, like I, I've, I've been so like I just pretty much finished up my season so I, w I was pacing in the Netherlands um, just over the weekend and, and then the previous week was in Kenya so for a race um, so it was kind of just kind of season was dragging on a bit and, and throughout that we were kind of just you're kind of just jogging and doing um, the odd kind of short session just to kind of maintain 
the work and, and the fitness. But so it's, I've never had a track season go the whole way into October. So um, so at the moment, I, I'm just I'm just happy to take a break, take a week off. Uh, and I'm not, I don't really feel rushed to kind of get into the cross country. I don't know if nationals will happen or not. Um, but like at this point last year, I was coming off uh, an injury, which I was out for four months. So I was kind of looking back on it and I hadn't even properly started um, training this time last year. You know, I, I was not till October 17th. I'd done my first session last year, which was a 15 minute threshold. So I don't feel that pressure to kind of run back, to, to rush back into things and, and, and try to get fit and get ready for nationals. Ideally, um, I'd prefer kind of just to miss nationals this year, but obviously if it does come, I'll, I'll show up in the line and race. But I just kind of want to get a good winter of work in now and, and uh, get ready for for what's to come really in the new year. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, 100% that would be the, the right way to go. And that's even if nationals end up going ahead for all ages. Obviously, your standard and your race would be most likely to one to be, you know, more you know, more for persistent to go ahead and more the one that everyone wants to see. Um, but even at my age and, and my level, you know, it's still uncertain times for everyone when it comes to, to racing. But all you can do is, is train as if you were going to race and if the races come ahead or, or come around even, um, you'll be in good shape and you'll be fit for for for, for any distance that's thrown at you. And really quick, last thing before I let you go is, obviously at the moment you're, you're taking a break and you've had probably the longest and could I say maybe one of the best track seasons of your career so far? Yeah, definitely. You know, there's been a lot of positives. Um, like things have started, started clicking and I've had a few opportunities there. And, you know, it's it's all coming together. So um, I think that's going to kick on to next year. You know, kind of, I'm just happy to, to try to stay healthy now at the moment, you know, um, like obviously at the end of this month now it'll be a year of consistent training without without any injuries or sickness or anything like that. That's kind of the main focus and just keep that development going of training. Like like you said it yourself, it's like, you know, we don't know if races are gonna be there, but the main thing is you just keep training, you keep getting preparing for like races will eventually come. Um, and just focus on my development and obviously hopefully you know we'll be seeing olympic games next year so so that's the that's where i want to be um next year yeah yeah you literally took the the question right from my mouth basically was goals for the future so 2021 we hopefully maybe seeing you in the in the olympics or would you maybe be going for tokyo what would be 2024 yeah no olympics next year that that's been the main focus um so that, that's I'm 100% all in for that and you know we hopefully we might see one or two competitions before that um, I'm not sure what else is, is really there in major championships there's a, a European indoors and a world indoors unfortunately world cross has been cancelled so um, so that's out of the question so and then at the moment for me it, as well it's, it's trying to find out what marathons are happening and, and where I can qualify um, so it's there's still a lot of questions around that, but ideally, yeah, <laughs> Tokyo is the goal, whether yeah. it be in a marathon or, or on the track. So um, that's another question that's there as well. So it's kind of just seeing what's available to us and and getting after that. So and then 
hopefully then next year after the Olympic Games, then we'll see um, a European cross. I don't know will it be in Dublin or or I think it's meant to be in Italy next year either or, or one of those. So um, so kind of just taking it step by step. That's all we can really do. Um, it's kind of hard to think too far ahead. Yeah, no, definitely. Hopefully the, the European cross will, will keep its place in Dublin so we can get to see you and a lot more big names race. And, you know, uh, I wish you luck um, majorly for, for the future and hopefully we can see you in Tokyo next year or any races that, that, you're, that you're racing in leading up to it. But obviously the, the main goal over the next year or so is the Olympics. And, and uh, yeah, I wish you luck with that. But, you know, um, thanks, thanks, Sean, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. It did make a really, really good episode. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Killian. Keep the good work up. Yeah, no, thanks. So, um, yeah, t- as I said, thanks for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed it and hopefully everybody listening and watching enjoyed it as well. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I'll see you all next time. Bye.